Welcome back, everyone, to another Slab Stocks live stream on Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Man, my name is Aaron, your host, joined by Nate, as always. And today we have a guest appearance of Oren, my guy, Oren. Oren, thank you so much for joining. If you remember way back to the first ever Slab Stocks FC interview, I brought Oren on. He talked about his favorite sets, uh, club and national team cards, and some different players that he was uh, looking at for soccer. And of course, we had a bomb dropped on us yesterday about the Super League in soccer. And that's why we're going to be talking about some sports car market risks today. But I brought Oren on as the expert to break down what happened, the announcement, what might happen in the future. And I say, let's just jump right into it because there's so much information to pick apart. So Oren, take it away. We got the European Super League. What is it? What does it mean? Will it happen? And what are the tactics here? Uh, Well, we'll start with the last question. Will it happen? No one really knows. I mean, you ask 100 people, you get 50 people who say yes, 50 people who say no at this point. Uh, what happens, this has actually been talked about for, I would say about five years ago, where the big teams uh, kept telling UEFA, which is the governing body of the European clubs, and which control the Champions League and the Europa League. And they've been saying to them, hey, we deserve more money. I mean, the way it's structured right now, UEFA gets a lot of money from TV rights, selling tickets, selling ads in the stadiums. And they're pretty much splitting it up among all the teams that makes it to the Champions League. And the big teams kept saying, hey, we deserve more. I mean, we are, people come to watch us, Barcelona, Real Madrid, et cetera, et cetera. And why would we split them up with uh, the small clubs of the world? And for five years, been, there's been rumors about them making up their own pretty much private league. And yesterday, out of nowhere, well, I shouldn't say out of nowhere, it's been rumored for a few hours before they dropped the bomb. But- they're going to move forward with it. And pretty much all hell broke loose since then, where UEFA and FIFA, well, FIFA is pretty much the governing body over UEFA that controls the whole soccer federation, uh, kept, they pretty much right now, it's like a child game. And the club saying one thing, and then UEFA and FIFA are pretty much reality. We're saying, once the club said that we're going to make our own private league, UEFA and FIFA came out and says, are we not recognizing those that new league, and you can't do it. And the club said, uh, we're going to resign right away from the union, which those 12 teams you see on the board, which just to mention, six out of six of the teams are from England. Just, uh, so you put it in perspective, half of the team so far. Um, and they, they resigned, resigned completely from the union. As of today, those 12 teams are not part of the European Union at this point when it comes to soccer. And as soon as they did that, FIFA said, okay, anybody that will play for those teams won't be able to play for the World Cup or the Euro. And what happened was right away, those teams said, okay, we're going to start it in August 2021, even though the original was supposed to be a couple of years from now. So it's pretty much back and forth. They keep on fighting. And it's pretty much a power play, if you ask me, from my opinion anyway. I think each one of those teams trying to get more money. They're trying to pretty much flex. They're saying, we have the power. Well, FIFA and UEFA are saying, no, we have the power and we decide. And how is that going to end? Nobody really knows. It's uh, things change by the minute, so to speak, with this. And we keep getting rumors. We so far we haven't heard any official world from the players themselves. We hear some rumors. We see some tweeters uh, posts from them, but we haven't heard any real voice from the actual players. We've seen a lot of uh, retired players condemn this. We, we heard some coaches, including Klopp, a Liverpool coach, that says that he doesn't really understand why they're moving forward with this. But it's moving forward. <laughs> Go ahead, Nate. Um, I assume since it's Chelsea and Man U and Barcelona and Real Madrid and whatever else giant teams are out there, um, that the we're talking about the top players in the world, the Ronaldos, the Messi's, the uh, Mbappe's of the world, right? Pretty much. The only thing is just. Uh, if you notice, there's two big teams that are, I should say maybe three big teams that are missing from that list, is which is Dortmund with Holland, we're missing PSG, which is Mbappé, and we're missing Bayern with all their stars that, that, that don't want to join that league, but they might have no choice but joining them if that's going to, if they're going to move forward with this league. Okay. So then if, if those teams joined and their players were signed to contracts with them, but they wanted to play in those players wanted to play in like the world cup, they would no longer be able to play for their home nation. No, they're not. So, I mean, a little, just a quick thing with soccer, the way it works is 
each player, it's a little different than what we used to with the NBA and MLB. Each player has like a player card, which is owned by its club. Meaning if they're going to play for their national team, they, have, uh, they get the permission from FIFA to let that player go to play. And the club needs to agree to it. There's a lot of, in, over the last few years, there's been a lot of back and forth with FIFA and the clubs, but players go, shouldn't we let the players go? Uh, last example is when the African nation uh, tournament is on. It's usually happened during the regular season. And a lot of the teams don't want to let their players go and play for the national teams because of that. Hmm. Yeah, it's a big so, mess. <laughs> Oren, today it was interesting. We, like, I was super intrigued to see, well, how does, the, how does this affect the landscape right now? Because this announcement comes at, like, a super critical time in soccer. Champions League semifinals coming up in, like, a week and a half. And then you have the Euro starting in June. And today... I was curious because the first match was being played since this huge announcement yesterday, you know, Liverpool and Leeds in the EPL. And I wasn't even sure if that was going to happen or tomorrow's Chelsea match was going to happen, which I'm really interested in as I'm big on Mason Mount and Kai Havertz and I've been collecting their cards. Um, were you surprised that the match just like ran as scheduled today? Because if there's so much talk about, you know, Premier League blocking these clubs from playing, in the EPL going forward, if they do make this super league, and then they're always trying to, you know, now talk about canceling man city real and uh, Chelsea from the champions league. Uh, are we going to see like tomorrow, like Chelsea doesn't play or maybe in like a week, the EPL gets shut down for these six clubs. It's possible. I was surprised. This will be pretty much the next step where the next step of the negotiation and the demand. I mean, Liverpool, I mean, right now, Liverpool, Chelsea, all those 12 teams, they are not part of the union, of the European Union teams right now. They quit and left. So technically, Liverpool shouldn't even be playing today, but they did play, which gives me some hope that they'll, they'll, they'll figure out a way to solve this. I mean, again, if you ask me, this is all about the money. Everybody is greedy. UEFA, FIFA, the clubs, it's all about the money. And they'll find a way to fix it because, like you said, once they, there's no turning back. Once they stop the, the game, there is no turning back. It's going to be a big mess. If you remember, yeah, like NBA like, lockdown, we have MLB lockdown. It's kind of similar to that situation, but ten times magnified because you're dealing with different countries here. Yeah, and I am not a huge fan of. Like, I just want to make it clear. I I kind of like the consolidation aspect if everything else is able to run. If they're able to play in the World Cup, if they're able to play in the Euro, if the domestic leagues stay intact and all the same things work like that. Now, clearly, that probably can't happen. I mean, there's just too many moving pieces to make everything everything happen, everyone happy. I hope that this leads to UEFA and um, FIFA coming to some agreement to where they make these top clubs benefit more than they were or something to at least make it you know more beneficial for them. I don't know if that can even happen given the proposition that these Super League teams are bringing up, you know, like $350 million to join the league and all this recurring revenue over all these years. Like, I think that was you that told me that the Italian clubs, you know, Milan and uh, Inter Milan came on and said that they make more money in one year versus five years playing in Serie A and the Champions League. Correct. Which is crazy. Like, that's yeah. insane to think about. And to me, it's like, I'm wondering if after all this happens and everyone sees all these fans from all these teams and clubs, like, boycott this pretty much. If the rights bidding between, I'm assuming it's going to be like Disney and Amazon and maybe like, um, well, I mean, ABC is owned by Disney. So somewhere, somewhere between these massive American companies, it's going to be like Disney and Amazon somewhere else, maybe Turner Sports bidding on the rights for these matches. Um, do, do, do their bids go down knowing that the viewership might be awful? And then of does course. that make them rethink it completely? Like, it, it's so weird because there's so many different things going into this. I've never seen anything like it that can really affect the entire world because it's such a global yeah, sport. It, it is. It's, it's, it's crazy what's going on. I mean, uh, the biggest league that's actually, you hear the most waves out of is the EPL. Uh, I don't know if you saw today, but uh, Liverpool fans, Manchester United fans, those the two teams that really their fans are really against this. The Liverpool fans, their motto is, you'll never walk alone. And I think they, they put signs on the stadium pretty much telling them you're going to walk alone if you join the club. I mean, it just, it's unreal. I mean, I personally never thought it would get this far, but like I said, it's a lot of money at stake here. And I, I mean, I don't want to sound bad, but I kind of understand the clubs. I mean, they, they need the money. I mean, they spend 
astronomical amount of money on their on the players. And this is the problem. It's they're paying too much and they're not needed money. And that's their way of getting more money. But I really think UEFA can work it out. They can maybe make a... See, the problem with this is they're taking out the competition out of the domestic league. Right now, West Ham, Leicester, you have uh, Juventus trying to get to fourth place. You have teams that are playing in the domestic league trying to get to next year Champions League. Well, if they're doing this private league, there's no reason to play anymore because they guarantee the spot in the in the Euro- European Super League, that's what they call it. But they need to find a way that making maybe those 12 or 15 teams somehow let them into the tournament and then add another team. I mean, they need to figure it out. There's a way. Trust me, if there's a will, there's a way, but it's just, just too much money at stake. Yeah, and another thing to me, it's like, if this happens, the Super League, do you know how much money all these other UEFA is going to lose on through their Champions League, through the Premier League, all these places that wouldn't include these clubs? Like, they know the reason why they're asking for more money is because they're driving all the money in the first place. Like, right. without these top clubs, those places aren't going to have nearly the amount of viewership. And yeah. and even as short-term as, like, if they cancel uh, at least the semis from the sense that Man City, Real – and uh, Chelsea aren't going to be playing the semifinals for Champions League. I mean, that's a huge loss right there, like massive loss. Like those are, I'd say those are huge clubs to have in the Champions League. Like that's what you want if you're UEFA. You want that's just like in the NBA. The NBA wants a Lakers Nets finals this year. You know, they don't want a Bucks and a Clippers final. Like they'd hate that. You know, but they want the Lakers and the Nets finals, and that's the same way for the Champions League. Like this is a dream come true that they have all these top clubs in at the same time. Yeah, just a side note, remember that in the last year or so, all these matches are playing without any crowd. So there's a lot of money being lost. And all that money that if they're going to do their own Super League, hopefully in a few months things will open up, all that money will go. So imagine a Manchester United-Barcelona game. You know, you know you're going to have uh, Juventus against Barcelona, Ronaldo-Messi a few more times a year. So that's a, a big, big marketing stand as well. Um, the only thing that I have to mention is they did the same thing with basketball in Europe. And it was very exciting and everybody loved it for a few years. But today, about 10, 15 years later, nobody cares. It's getting old. I mean, you don't want to see the same team playing against each other all the time. You want some excitement. You want, you want the, the drama of, of will Juventus make it to next year? Champions League or Europa League? You know, will Liverpool and Chelsea make it? I mean, it's just... They're taking all the fun out of the domestic league with this new Yeah, league. like right now I'm finding so much joy watching the Premier League because of how tight the top four is right now. Like there's it's so the margin's so narrow, and obviously like Tottenham's now kind of is getting pushed out of that. But Chelsea, Tottenham, Liverpool, and uh West West Ham and uh was it Leicester? Is that how you say it? Leicester City? They were all right there, right in the mix, and only two of them were gonna make it in. So like that's exciting right. stuff to see, especially so wherever he's going to make it to the Europa League because you have the other two spots behind it. Right. Like Arsenal, you know, they guarantee the spot in this <laughs> the Super League, but they haven't done anything in the last years to even deserve being there. Yeah, I like Arsenal. They are great, have great history, but they don't even deserve to be in this. <laughs> right. And then I saw something about Tottenham. They haven't won their the premiere any, or anything in England forever. Yeah. They just have a huge following, of course. Yeah, exactly. It's all about the money. They have a great fan base. So, and the owners know they can sell the TV rights for their game for so much money. And, you know, oh, let's join. Let's make our private league. That's what they're making. They're making it a private league. Sure. Okay. So let's, let's pivot this conversation here because we're running up on 14 minutes. Let's talk about the card market. In a so- all right. Go ahead, Nate. Is that going to be your question? That was going to be my question. Okay. Let's talk about the card market here. Short-term, mid-term, long-term. Because there's three different aspects here. And I am one that is very interested in this because I, I have a lot of soccer cards. I started collecting again, and I'm uh, going to a bunch of shows in May, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, what the heck am I going to do with this or what's my plan here and there? And I think that Orrin and I should just have an open discussion about all the possibilities that this could mean because they're not all bad and they're not all good. I think that there's a lot in between and that people need to consider when going through. So, Orrin, I'll start with you. What do you see happening in the short term if Champions League is canceled? If players in Super League can't play in the Euro, what happens? Uh, I think uh, the market will go down. I mean, it's uh, don't forget, this is all fan-based. And if the fans, which a lot of them, because I see a lot of uh, fans are very upset. So if they're upset and they're discussed with their teams, you know, they wouldn't want to even have the cards. You know, if what they're going to propose is going to happen, what's for short term. For the long term, however, 
you know, if you're a fan of a team, you know, give it a few months and you'll be excited to watch the games again. I mean, as far as the long term, yeah, we, we might have a new set, you know, Panini and Tops probably will be on the next flight out to see if we can get the license agreement for this new, new league. But as far as long term, I don't think it'll have much of an effect. Yeah, I, I'm almost in this mindset, like, Obviously, Champions League, I think, like for myself, like, holy cow, I was so excited for this year's semifinal. I have been stocking up on Mason Mount Kai Havertz. I'm very excited about the two of them. And I was getting really excited to watch them start, you know, in the starting in the front 11 or the front three in their starting 11 for Chelsea. And like, that is a huge detractor for me now. Like, that gets canceled. They're not playing now. Like, gosh, that stinks. You know, like, it's really looking forward to this. I wasn't necessarily going to even sell. When they're in the when they're in the semifinal, it's just it's something to get really excited about. And then for the Euro, like that's probably like it's not as big as the World Cup, of course, but like a lot of people were prospecting the Euro this summer, and mm-hmm. all these players in the Super League. Like that's another thing that's taken away then. So yeah. then you kind of run up until August, and let's say that for some reason Super League happens. Super League starts in August, as I said yesterday, when all the stuff started coming out about no World Cup, no Euro. Um, I think it could get interesting then. I think long-term, it still works out. I think, I, like, I've always thought, not to say this is the way I want it to happen or I support this all because I really don't. I love how the domestic is set up. I always thought that it'd be good to have something that happens weekly with all the top clubs that Americans and other people from around the world can follow easily and know where all the top players play. Because I will say, when I started a year and a half ago, two years ago, very confusing, very hard to get your mind wrapped around all these leagues, all these players. And if there's a way to consolidate that, it'd be good. You know, and you and I thought it would drive the soccer car market further. Now, obviously, I don't really wish that if all the fans of all these teams hate all their teams and then there's no one there, obviously, I want to watch. So that's a different thing to talk about. But, you know, like, I think long-term that it still works out. Like, like Oren said, I think people, you know, live on, forget, watch again. Like, I think that the, the really the point that I saw people bring up is like, you're going to tell me, you know, like nine months from now when Real and, and uh, I don't know, man, you were playing in a knockout stage, you're not going to watch it, you know, like, because wh- like, let's be honest, like I, I am a, such a huge fan of sports because of players. Now I'm a huge fan because of teams too. Like I'm, you know, big Bucks fan, big Packers fan because they're the team. But like a lot of which makes me turn on the TV is to watch players, especially in the card market. When you're investing in cards, you want to watch the players that you buy and that you invest in. Mm-hmm. Those players are not the ones that are making this decision to start the Super League. We all know that. It's the owners that want all the money. So right. I can't necessarily see if these players, you know, it's their career, it's their livelihood. You want to support them. I can't see people just turning away completely. Like you want to support those players. That's how I see it. I don't know if you have a different take than that, Orin. No, I totally agree. But again, we'll have to see. I mean, if they do come out and say they're banned from the World Cup, I think the the hobby will take will take a beating. I mean, these players have to be in the World Cup. That's pretty much the bottom line. And I, I think FIFA is smart enough. Don't, don't forget, FIFA is all about the money. I mean, they they have their stories and it's how they get paid, and they know that without these players, nobody will care about the World Cup. They're going to lose sponsorship. They're going to lose TV rights. I mean, they're going to have to make it work. I mean, it will end up working out somehow, but I, I don't see it dragging for too long. I mean, they're going to – I mean, I hope, again, I hope that's maybe my wishful thinking, but – Yeah, I, like you, I can't see the World Cup without these players happening. It completely changes, you know, everything. Um, BTS, you Americans can't change the name of the beautiful game. <laughs> I will say, I'm not trying to change the name of football in England. It's just the most common thing that's called here is soccer. And it's hard for me to break that, especially when 90% of our audience is United States and that they know football is American football. So try to stay calling it soccer, I guess. But also, I do understand it's football and football and everything. Card Hour, what's up? We got more uh, soccer fans in the chat. All right. Um, I just want to bring up a few examples here, and then we'll uh, we'll probably move on from the Super League discussion, except for some closing thoughts from Oren. So, I was watching last night auctions of some key cards that people have been keying in on before all this started to happen. Mbappe Sapphire Base, you know, going back three weeks ago, four weeks ago, is around one eighty seven, one ninety. Last night, an auction sold and a buy it now best offer sold. So, if someone physically had to put in an offer, this is all after the announcement. Official announcement, like two o'clock. Um, I don't know what that was, like central time or something is made, you know, between noon and two. And uh, it 
it obviously didn't really affect how people were spending money last night. Now, here's the thing. That was just like literally an eight-hour window. I just want to see really quick how people were reacting right away. Like, were people listing stuff for sale and trying to cash in right now? Were they trying to not buy? You know, because if people are uncertain and they don't buy, prices go down. As we saw with COVID last year when the basketball season got suspended, I know it wasn't in the same vein as right now. Um, people just got uncertain and stopped buying. Now, obviously, that picked up and exploded. Similar situation might happen here if people are really prospecting on the Super League and players that are in the Super League on TV all the time. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I have no idea what's going to happen, especially with even if it's going to Super League is going to happen in the first place or not. But as of like the really quick eight-hour snippet, not much movement on the Mbappe, which is good to see that people still want to obviously buy that. Now, something to be said is that he's not in the Super League. Like PSG has not said right now that they're in the Super League. So technically, he wouldn't be like affected by being in the Super League. But there is some effect that if he goes and plays in the Champions League, he's not playing against Real. He's not playing against Man City, Chelsea, Man U, whoever you have it. So that, that's an effect there. Um one more. So this is a direct effect. Phil Foden, uh, optic rookie, PSA nine, plays for Man City. They're slotted to play in the semifinals next week. Um, these were, you know, two forty five, two fifty on auction around after his huge strike against Dortmund to give him that uh, aggregate win in the second leg that was in, in uh, the uh, quarterfinals. And now last night, like after the announcement, there are multiple buy and now's hit around two seventy, two seventy five for his optic PSA nine. So. I don't know if people are prospecting on Phil Foden being one of the top players in the Super League for the next 10 years. Like, that's very possible. It's very possible people are buying to the potential of there, there being this massive league that people watch all the time, just like the NBA. And maybe people are buying in preparation that these players will be plastered everywhere for the next 10 years. Just saying. People were buying last night. I was watching. Um, interesting to see. Interesting to see. Uh, and with that, Oren... Let's hear some closing thoughts for you on this and, and just like what can we expect over the next week or what do we might think might happen well, I don't know about week. next week. We're going to have to take it one day at a time, like you said. <laughs> up tomorrow morning and the Chelsea game is canceled because the APL decided to pretty much bring down the hammer. I mean, it's just it's all about power at this point. Uh, you got Macron, which is the president of uh, France, getting involved in this. You got Johnson, the, you know, the prime minister of England, getting his input on this. I mean, this is really big. I mean, it got to a point that, you know, the – Big politician getting involved, even though for many, many years, UEFA asked the politician to stay away and not get involved in soccer. So we'll see. I mean, as far as the card market, again, I don't think we need to panic yet. <laughs> you know, if, if the Euro is canceled, if this is moving forward to a point where, you know, there's no World Cup or maybe there's a World Cup without the top players, it's going to be like the Olympics. You know, nobody really cares much. But yeah. I personally am not panicking. I hope... I shouldn't say I hope. I hope nobody will panic. But if people panic, I'm here to buy because I I am investor as well. Besides being a great soccer fan, and I see the potential. Even if the if it will go forward, like we said, give it a few months, six months from now, you know, right in winter time, and I see prices go back up because everybody will be looking at this Super League, and, and you know, there'll be great matchups. Don't get me wrong. How long it's gonna last? I don't know. But at least the next year or two, people will be very excited for the Super League. Yeah, exactly. I'm the same way personally. You know, I'm I'm holding. I'm not selling on this news. I'm not necessarily like super excited about the news either, though. You know, as I'm sure Orin's the same way. Like, hey, like soccer's, you know, a, or football is a sport. You know, we're gonna watch it. We're probably gonna enjoy it regardless of where it's being played. But uh, definitely is a huge effect on the like the roots of of football and the fans of football. I, I mean, you just go and look at Twitter today and see all the fans. I mean with you know giant banners up outside of stadiums all that stuff i've seen so many tweets about like a gravestone that says football like 18 whatever to 2021 like kind of funny stuff but at the same time not funny because i know this is like such an ingrained part of society and uh out overseas it's which is crazy i mean that's like literally thinking that football here in america would just like kind of completely redo itself you know and just kind of die all at the same moment which is crazy to think um, but yeah, overseas in Europe, soccer is, a, I mean, I would say soccer is a religion. I was going to say the same thing. You know, it, it's, it's just, it's unreal. When you go to the stadium, you get such a feeling when they're playing with a full stadium. It's, it's, it's just unreal. And a lot of fans are very upset over this. Um, they're not really upset about the idea of the Super League, I think. I think they're, they're upset about the way it's going about. It's pretty much, it's uh, each side decide, make a decision. And 
Nobody cares about the fans. I mean, they should really, they can make it work. Don't get me wrong. They can make it work where they have their big more money, they have their share, they have the guarantee teams and, and make it work when everybody's happy. But just you don't make unanimous decision. And I mean, it's just crazy. They don't really care about the fans. And this is where people upset. Yeah, they, they got to work together to make it happen to, to you know, sustain it long term because without fans, there is no soccer long term. There is no football long term. So really got to come to a solution hopefully in the next week or so. Um, I really hope it doesn't get to the point of kicking out the three teams from uh, the Champions League or canceling it in general because that would be pretty sad to see. I mean, that's a huge – that's obviously the biggest club competition every single year. And just to see that cancel like that would be awful. Yeah, and you got two great games. I mean, four great teams. I mean, I was looking forward to it. Awesome. Yeah, same same with me, Oren. Well, Oren, thank you so much for joining. I hope you all enjoy this discussion about the Super League and what might happen. Uh, definitely stay tuned on Twitter, on Instagram, checking for updates because I swear, like Oren said, it changes every every hour, right? So, yeah. you know, by the end of the week, who knows, maybe all this is resolved and not, this is nothing in the long run or even in the short term, honestly, but maybe it is something big. So you definitely need to stay tuned and, uh, you know, don't panic, just react as you see necessary, I'd say. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. Thank you, Oren. We will talk to you later. All right, Nate. Woo. How was that? I have, I have a few thoughts. What's up? I love a little anarchy in my life. So uh, this whole thing just blowing up, kind of fun, kind of fun. (laughs) As somebody who doesn't care about football, uh, I kind of appreciate the, uh, a little bit of, uh, hecticness that is brought to like Twitter the last day. Um, That being said, the only thing I can think of that would be like this in America is if um, the NCAA, right? It's a governing body, but it doesn't have any control over the teams underneath it. uh, Quote unquote. Um, That would be like if Duke and Kentucky and Kansas and North Carolina and Michigan state and Gonzaga um, and number of other teams all decided, you know what, we're going to leave the NCAA and form our own, at least as I understand it, form our own league. Right. Um, That's ex- it's a perfect example, Nate, for people to point in context here. And for me, I was like, you know, it sounds like it's a fun idea. I'm like, well, the MLB, you know, we have all the same 30 teams every year, so it's fun. But I think about it, I'm like, you think about the NCAA, if it was just Duke and Kentucky and Kansas and North Carolina and 14 other teams fighting or competing against each other every single year, and you don't get those Cinderella stories, um, uh, like the, uh, you know, Northern Iowa's from a couple years ago or VCU right. from way long ago with Shaka Smart, right? Shaka yeah. Smart, now our cat coach. Um, yeah. You know, the appeal loses its, the, the, the appeal of college basketball loses a ton. Aaron, I, I lost you. Did oh, you lose it me? Makes, it makes those people. Uh, yeah, just for a second. I think I'm back though, right? Yeah, yeah, you're back. I was just going to say, in reality, it would also just, you know, think of like a school like Loyola and you're not in that pool. Like, what are you playing towards that season, yeah. right? Like, it would, it would have to be, it would be the NIT. The NCAA yeah. would become the NIT tournament. Ex- ex- and that's the exact same way it's looking like right now at Champions League and yeah. with, um, you know, the Super League, which is super interesting. And to take it even a step further, think about recruiting. It can think of, be thought about the same way as in football with soccer with the transfer market. In recruiting and basketball, if you have a pool of 30 teams or whatever, every single year they play in the same tournament, the same regular season games, why would any other big recruit want to go elsewhere if they're not going to be in the spotlight? They yeah. are trying to get to the NBA. You know, like they are going to need to go there. So all the best recruits go there. So another school has a chance. Like you won't see an Oklahoma state with a Cade Cunningham or something, you know, like if he had to make that decision, probably he, you know, he might jeopardize his spotlight to get to the NBA. Yeah. So with that, you think about in soccer with the transfer market. Now it's just going to be all these teams are making all these millions and millions and millions of dollars a year are just going to be spending so much money on these top players outside of the super league at the moment to bring them into the Super League, meaning you won't get, you know, those teams. There's going like, to be no talent. There's going to be right. no talent in, in Germany. There's going to be no talent in Italy. There's going to be no talent in the small uh, England clubs, right? Right. And and that's given, like, I saw a, com- a comment earlier, maybe it was Oscar, that said, 
what about Mbappe and Messi and Holland with the transfer window coming up right now and Sancho like will they not go to the Super League will they stay in like you know in Bayern in Dortmund and then obviously Messi going to somewhere like I don't know PSG or Bayern and to me it's like no I'm thinking those players might be like I got to get the heck out of here because otherwise I'm not gonna be playing against the top competition you know making potentially the biggest contracts is with other players like you go to PSG now and I get that they get a lot of funding from they call them like the oil you know oil rich teams and stuff but they're not gonna be able to afford all those players that they would if they get the same rev share from Champions League like they have been it's gonna be interesting this was gonna be my next next question I knew about Leicester or however you say that I think Leicester Leicester I knew about them because I followed somebody who had made a bet on them a tiny like a hundred dollar bet and won oodles oodles of money um I that was my question is you know in the NCAA it's not often that a Cinderella wins right right? it's usually still going to be your big teams this year Gonzaga and Baylor played each other and they were uh, without a doubt, the number one, number two teams in the nation. The only reason Baylor had losses was because they got COVID in the middle of the year, had to come up back after a layoff and lost a couple games. Otherwise, they would have been undefeated too. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the year, you look up and there they are. And most years, it's like that. Some years, you know, you might have a four seed win, right? Some yeah, years, but you might have a six seed win. Normally, but- normally, if you have that, it's like a UConn who is normally pretty good, you know, yeah. not like terrible, but they'll, they'll win because they've got a good recruit that's going to take them far, a good player like yeah. you know, Napier and stuff. And generally, they're still, you know, they're not going to be like, they're still like a top 25 team, generally. Yeah. Now, I was wondering for soccer or football, uh, does you know? Does that happen? Is it there are Cinderellas every year, but they don't make any noise? So g- generally, the Cinderella, I feel now, people who are diehard soccer fans can correct me if I'm wrong. It normally comes in that like one of these clubs will be like a three or four uh, seed in the table for EPL, and then they'll make it to the Champions League. Like I saw in the last like 20 years, like I think Porto won one of the years in Champions League. But other than that, always like one of these super club teams or like a Munich, you know, or PSG. Now, so, does this help? Now, I, I assume they make it to the Champions League. They do well. They make a ton of money. And with that money, they can get better players. Right. But does it help them ever get more following? Yeah. I don't I, know. I, I, get, I, I would say like that, that Leicester City run for the EPL – you know, title like was huge for them. I'm sure they gained a lot of fans from that and stuff. So I think that like like these tournaments for these smaller teams are so huge if they can even just get their name into it. Like this year, Porto was in the quarterfinals. Well, you look at the teams in the quarterfinals, and they were like the only one that's like you know not your super club teams or Munich or Dortmund. And it's really impressive to see that. And I think that they're a Portuguese team. Someone needs to correct me if I'm wrong, but like that is not one of the top five even domestic leagues that they talk about. You know, like the Italian, French. English, Spanish, and uh, German. So it just it's it's good stuff when you can get that going. But uh, is it really that different in the very end? That's the, the argument I'm seeing a lot. Like it's normally the top teams, anyways. So like, yeah. I guess I guess um, it is. I, I I had heard a lot of things about people blaming America for for this. And well, if you think about it, I, like, I, I, think can, see, lot- I can see some I can see some similarities between you know having a select group of teams in one league, you're not going to get kicked out if you stink, right? There's, there's, there's incentive. I, 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 from the comments, I understood that there are teams that can't get kicked out. So Um, what happens is you, they have the 12 teams that they named right now. They're going to invite three more. I think that those spots are reserved for Munich, PSG and Dortmund, but they said no. So at first, at least for now, I imagine if they said yes, we'd be talking about all 15 clubs in there right now i don't think that they meant to have like those three reserved but then there's five clubs that can get invited each year it's not even like that they like oh the winner of the champions league will level up or you know europa league will level up or premier league will get in like it's like literally we will invite you to our special club like (laughs) kind of reminds me of some spongebob thing or something Um, that that's interesting i was i was a little confused when you said 15 because i'm like uh was one team gonna sit out uh, the entire time. And what happens, you know, they're going to ha- end up with an egg on their face situation where they are like, Hey, w- we invited, you know, you invite six of the other best or five of the other best teams. And they all say no. And then maybe you invite a couple more and two say yes. And all of a sudden you get down to like some team that definitely doesn't belong playing with 
Man U playing with Man U because other teams said no to joining their Super League. I can see that situation playing out. So, I mean, and then here's what happens. Like, oh, we invite this team, but we love them, and they're, you know, paying us money to be here, or, or I don't know, whatever it might be. So then, like, what? Do you keep them every single year, even if they're terrible? You know, like, that's the other thing. It's like, how does the invites work? Do they reset every three years? Can you not stay there for more? It's very interesting stuff. But I think it's time to move on. Cause we're at the yes, that's tomorrow. so much. That was a lot of soccer in my life for one day. <laughs> Let's move good. on to a good sport like baseball. I'm glad. Nate, obviously a huge baseball fan. Baseball season's heating up right now. And I think that there's a lot going on here between Bowman Chrome autographs, Bowman Chrome non-autos, and tops rookie cards because the PSA grading thing has already adjusted the landscape of this immensely. You know, you're paying to get a Ronald Acuna auto graded right now. You're not paying to get an update Acuna graded right now. Correct. Um, that's just obvious. Like you got $8,000 price tag on the Acuna PSA 10, 300 on the tops update base PSA 10. Well, also a high pop card is your 2017 Bowman Chrome, not auto first PSA 10, which is what? 10,000 plus for that card pop. I'm pretty sure. And it's a $550 card. And I mostly bring this up because Nate's done some excellent videos over the last couple of weeks for baseball. Some people are bringing up, Nate, why are you only talking about the update PSA 10 and stuff? <laughs> like, okay, so, it's the easiest now, thing to come. Before, before they see this and are like, oh, that seemed insulting. I understand. I understand why they want me to talk about other cards. Generally, I just choose the card that most people can relate to. I could choose other cards. Um but I feel like most people can look at the Topps flagship card and understand it, whereas a lot of people are probably confused by Bowman Chrome cards because um, they're not. it's not a rookie card, right? And here, here's the other thing. You got Bowman release, Bowman draft release, Bowman Chrome release. When's their first? When's it not? Like, there's a lot going into it. You know, you really got to kind of be in tune knowing what's going on to really follow it and also compare prices of different players. Um, that's pretty important, too. So... I, I'm, I'm not saying that's wrong. We're saying that, you know, oh, I only show the update PSA 10 because I do agree much. There's a lot of other stuff out there, just as if we're talking, if Sam's talking about Prism Silver PSA 10s in basketball, you know, as is like, hey, this is just a baseline to understand how players are moving. Really, that's what it's used for. You know, like definitely look into buying other cards, Bowman, Chrome, autos, non autos, all that stuff. I very much agree with this, Bowman Collector. I love Bowman. I think it's a superior product. But again, I think most people can um, relate to the Topps flagship rookie better. So here's the other thing is that, Nate, your last video I was watching and you're like, oh, like, you know, I collect cards here and there. And if I'm buying, I'm buying Bowman Chrome, you know, either autos or non-autos probably. Yep. Has your thinking shifted a bit with maybe the PSA change that maybe people want that more high quality card because you can't grade it right now? You know, like what? What's the thing here with tops rookies versus Bowman Chrome not autos right now or or autos? Um, well, we'll leave autos out of it because if I could afford autos, I would be buying autos. But I'm not talking about autos when I'm saying I'm buying Bowman Chrome because I <laughs> I can't afford that, right? Right. Maybe I sell a couple cards and afford one or two here or there, but uh, not enough to buy whatever I want. So I'm talking base just about Bowman Chrome firsts um, and variations, mojos, blues, purples. Um, for starters, the reason I like Bowman Chrome is because uh, it is their first card. It's not a rookie, but it's their first card, which I think is more important. Second, their color pattern follows what people know in Prism and not not by the numbers colors, but you know, you've got colors whereas Topps flagship has their weird Independence Day parallels and um, black is normal, but you know, other colors, foils and stuff like that. So, um, it's one of those things so where you're saying it's more relatable. It's more relatable for, for me and probably, um, like football base basketball collectors. I think the tops flagship is the most relatable right now because people just kind of understand it. Does that make sense? They're yeah. both relatable, but in two different senses. Yeah. Um, so the reason why, uh, I like Bowman is because right now specifically prospects, um, and I suppose I should have probably mentioned that in the thing. I wasn't necessarily a hundred percent talking about Ronald Lacunas, um, though I, I do like buying that instead of the tops flagship. 
Um, right now, we are in the swing of baseball season. There are guys that have been doing well, and their prices are going down because they were hot, right? There are a lot of prospects that are not playing. Their names were not hot before the start of the season that you can now buy into that should get going and become top 100 prospects, and there's huge value there. Huge, huge value there. Personally, for me, right, I have bought in a number of Robert Pawson cards, if that's how you say his last name. A, shortstop, uh, second-best international player from the last year, um, big-bodied dude. I don't need him to play well in AA and AAA. I just need him to play well in rookie ball and A ball, right? So I like that value there where I'm like, I can't get a Topps flagship of him, but I can get his Bowman Chrome card. And as we're watching with, you know, Wander Franco Bowman Chrome, non-graded Wander Franco Bowman Chrome, 70-some dollars. Whoever thought that would happen, right? And yeah. so I think there is just gigantic value in the Bowman Chrome market if you know where to look compared to um, trying to buy Topps flagship of almost literally anybody right now. Even guys like Jordan Alvarez um, came back, coming off injury, doing decently well you know prices i don't think they've adjusted that much um ronald lacuna has to be extremely extremely hot and his prices have gone up 80 bucks right you know um and he has been a world beater if he has a down week it's coming back down from 300 not going up you know that's just hey that's just like early holland he's had a couple of games where he wasn't scoring dortmund gets eliminated from champions league his card dropped from 4250 to basically, I think it was like 3500 or something within like a week. So same same situation here. Like if you're buying a Cooney right now, know that that might, you know, drop down. If he gets injured like he might have, I don't know about the abdominal strain. You, you quick. Nate, you ain't. Can you hear me? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I can hear you now. Um, oh, I was... Sorry, I was being distracted by uh, whatever's <laughs> popping up on the side. I can't even tell what it's supposed to say. But, can't drop um, that block. Move on. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, anyways, back to what we were talking about. So it's it's kind of, I feel like I've kind of contradicted myself, so let me go back and reiterate for everyone. I think Top's flagship is the most relatable for everyone involved because it's the base card of his rookie. I think going forward, Bowman Chrome is the most relatable for all the um, people that love baseball because they want that first card, right? Um, and also for basketball and football collectors because you have the Chrome and the parallels and it's kind of confusing first versus rookies. So if you just go for the first, you know, you know you're in good hands there. Um, you know, Topps Chrome obviously has the same colored parallels and I like that also better than I like Topps Flagship. I've liked, liked Topps Chrome for a while, um, and I think we could have, you know, if the, if this conversation was Topps Chrome against Bowman Chrome, it would be a significantly harder conversation to have. Yeah, because you got refractors that people look at and they're like, oh, that's the silver, right? Yeah. And now if you think about it, it's hard to get your hands on Franco refractor out $4.99. But then the other problem is, is you look at draft, and refractors are two per pack in draft. Yeah. And they're not numbered. So now you're – Either you can always try to relate that tops chrome together almost, but it's very hard with the different Bowman sets. Yep. So if if anybody's wondering why I said that, it's it's mostly to do with um, not necessarily the Acunas or the Tatises of the world, but you know the next class, and not even like the Juan de Francos. His prices absurd, right? Marco Luciano absurd, even though he's dropped. So good buying opportunity there. Um, not Julio Rodriguez either. It's the next wave of guys that could um, explode. Uh, the kid from the Tampa Bay, Yohan Diaz, was his name, Yohan um, Diaz, uh, Robert Pawson, you know, I love Bryce Terang. Uh, Garrett Mitchell already exploded, but his prices are coming back down a little bit. Once he starts playing, I could see some big things happening for him, right? And um, the list keeps, you know, the list keeps going. There's always guys. Uh, CJ Abrams, another great name. Thank you, tes uh, Tester Tips. Uh, uh, CJ Abrams is a huge name that could become a number one prospect in baseball. And because they're not playing right now, because the minor leagues is off and you don't get to watch those guys, they're forgotten about, right? Nate, when do they start up? Um, I, sometime in May, I believe. I don't have an exact date. I should know that. I don't. 
So I was um, going to ask you, like, do you think that so much of this over the last year when people like, you know, I would say Bowman Chrome was barely talked about over the last year. You and I always said this is a market that is small, but sat, like high end, high end dollars with the people are involved, which yeah. is really what drives it. I think we're starting to see that shift as people start to like be like, oh, minor league baseball is a thing again. You know, they were off for a year and a half. Or they so. were off for a very long time. And I think I, I, you know, I mean, it was October of 2019, no, September of 2019 till now. <laughs> That's a long time, you know? Yeah. Um, a, a year and a half, a year and a year and seven months. So we haven't even seen minor league baseball. We haven't even seen the size of this market with an actual minor league season. Correct. I mean, we literally and, have not. Um, but I do think we kind of have. Because you look at now, I know it's Wander Franco. I know he's the best prospect in baseball, but who would have thought his paper Bowman cards would have gotten that high? Right. Who would have so thought his inserts PSA tens would have gotten that high. In a sense, I'm talking about we haven't seen this market when they're actually performing. No, well, true, true. But I know, you know, it's 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 nice to look at that and know that there are people interested because you would never have seen those prices two years ago. Right. I agree. Right? I, I totally agree. I totally agree. And that is also good because that shows you that. Sure, there's going to be performance. People are going to play bad. Their cards will go down. People are going to play well. Their cards will go up. That just happens in sports cards. You have to be okay with that, you know, especially when you come off of a total market that's risen a lot, that, you know, that's much higher than it was before. So get ready for that. But if you play your, your cards right, uh, no pun intended, you know, you, you can do well. Yeah. And, and the nice thing about the Bowman market is for the rookie market, we all know. We all know who to invest in, right? You know you should invest in Acuna. You know you should invest in Tatis. You know you should invest in Soto. You know you should invest in Zion. You know you should invest in Luca. You know you should invest in Patrick Mahomes. And um, no, well, not Justin Herbert probably right now because that's absurd. Um, Joe Burrow, right? And so uh, that's easy. Bowman is nice because while you know you should invest in like Wander Franco and Julio Rodriguez, there's a million other names that you don't have to rely on them doing well against major league pitching, right? right? You get to have them do well against rookie ball pitching and single A pitching. And if they do well there, then you can still make money in a significantly easier path, right? The amount of guys I've seen that have dominated rookie ball and A ball and gone out to flame in double A, but you can still make money on them huge um and likewise with pitchers you don't need them to get to the major leagues and do well you just need them to pitch well through like double a and you can make money which is why i think it's it's a lot easier to look at talented guys that are cheap and be like yes i can see them doing well against eight ball and going from twenty dollars to forty dollars and then selling and you never even have to touch the major leagues because that's a difficult league yeah, and that's why I'm such a big fan of soccer football cards too because it's very similar. Like, yes, I'm such a big fan, obviously, of collecting the cards of the players on Chelsea and on PSG like Mbappe and Neymar and stuff. But there are guys that play on these smaller clubs as we stand right now, obviously, like Super League talk aside, that will play on these smaller clubs and they'll move around. They'll be they'll be on new clubs. You know, they make a move to the EPL and similar to a guy in like single A, that then plays well and gets bumped up to double A. You see, you know, that nice 40% increase in value. Similar situation, which might even be bigger if there's a Super League and players move into the Super League. Uh, Eugene, can Panini MLB draft prism cards ever have high value? Uh, I would not call them Panini MLB draft prism because they can't use MLB logos on those cards right now. And I would say until they get that, it's probably not going to happen. You're always probably going to have like your one or two guys that are really valuable that will people will buy in each set but like you know you start to go down the pegs and you're like oh this guy's a top 75 prospect but his auto is like five dollars on panini draft you know like that that's kind of like what you see i feel yeah and it gets you know it gets worse the farther down the rung you go like to leaf i'm looking at a garrett mitchell light blue auto number to 35 the other day 40 bucks <laughs> you know from leaf yeah and how much is this purple bowman chrome auto uh, one just ended the other day at three, maybe 300 on the dot or maybe a little bit higher. Exactly. So big, big, that, big that's number to 250, you know, not 35. Right. All right. Let me interrupt this conversation. We're over a hundred people in the, in the live. Thank you everyone for coming and watching today. And I am going to share with you. Some of you might know, some of you might not know, 
But for the past multiple, multiple, multiple months, we have been hard at work, although some of you might not think we have been, on Slab Stocks Pro. There has been countless amount of hours and time and investment put into this between not only Nate and myself, but many, many others that y'all don't know about. And uh, this is going to be awesome. I'm so excited about this. It's called Slab Stocks Pro for new people here. We are going to be offering a 100% free data analytics platform that you can get on and track sports card values, add cards to your collection and track them and see what the difference is between what you paid and what it's worth now and continually see that and as it updates. Now, we just released today on Instagram a teaser video to the login page for this. Continually over the next week and the week after that and stuff, I'll be dropping a new teaser video each week based on a new part of the website. So this right here is a mock-up, but we have the you know platform in my hand that I'm testing daily and stuff, and Nate's working on daily as well. We are just putting in the final touches on this thing, getting the last data collected and uploaded and all that jazz to make this thing go live for you all. You know, you'll be able to see the cards values change. As I said, like Cody Mellinger, you can check in on his PSA 10 and see how it changes over the last, you know, week, two weeks, three weeks, you know, month, uh, year and everything. And, and it's going to be so great. And we're going to have some head to head comparisons on there too. And you can pre-register at slabstocks.com slash slabstocks or go to slabstocks.com and then click on the slabstocks pro tab, which is what I'm showing you right now. Plug in your email, I'll be sending out a weekly update from here on out on Monday and you all will be able to get that in your inbox and see exactly when we go live. And you can create an account. It's going to be free. I'll, trust me, guys. Like we have been working so hard on this for so long and been had so many bumps in the road, so many you know things that have went wrong that have not helped us get to the point where we're at now. But we did it anyways for you guys because we know how much this matters, not only to you all, but to us too, to make sure we can make sports cards accessible to everyone with a free platform. Um, we're going to be building up as we go over time. Is not going to be the perfect product right away, but we need to get something out there for you all that's going to be usable. And we are going to put in so much work every single day in, day out to make it happen like we already have been. So stay tuned for that. Um, follow us on Instagram. Follow us here on YouTube to keep on with updates on that. And we're hoping uh, we can have a, you know, a, set, a date that will be around uh, release over the next you know couple weeks or so here. And uh, we'll keep you all tuned in. So make sure to keep following and to keep uh, seeing what we're doing with that. But the interface is spectacular and the design is tremendous and we're going to work very hard to get proper data in there for you all so you know what's going on in the sports car industry at all times on your phone on your computer wherever you are so thank you for listening to that uh please pre-register at slabsocks.com um oh, no ziggy you're good no no you're yeah you are all good it was much earlier that you registered last summer but you are totally totally fine so to wrap up today's live stream, we're just going to take a couple minutes here uh, after I talk about really quick. We hit some Holland and Mason Mountain. Those are huge cards. A uh, couple thousand dollars there of last week's Sapphire Box and Slap Sacks Breaks. And tomorrow on Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, we have a few packs left in 2004 Tops Chrome Basketball. Um, this box contains second year LeBron cards, refractors, Kobe, potentially refractors. Uh, potentially Kobe cards, Kobe refractors. Very excited for it. Uh, we're actually selling these packs $55 less than we did like a month or so ago. Um, so get involved if you want to now on some good value. And trust us, guys, when I say that we're you know really putting everything we have into this platform to make it free for everyone, that's what's going on. That's why you know we're breaking to get you all connected to cards and also to help drive this platform forward so you all have this access to this free platform. Um, so it really does help us if you can support in the breaks area and also Pokemon, if you are interested in getting into Pokemon, we have four bundles left for tomorrow. I get to open some cool packs and chase some Charizards. Uh, I think every single pack we're opening tomorrow has a chance at a big Charizard card. So that is a pretty sweet uh, opportunity right there as well. And to end today, submit a question in the live chat. Just submit anything. It can be about, you know, football, meaning English football or American football, uh, soccer, sorry, not soccer, baseball, basketball, whatever you all have. Uh, drop it in the chat. And uh, Brent G, if you're not in tomorrow's break, you can get in tomorrow's break with that top scrum basketball. Uh, Slabstocks.com slash shop for that too. And uh, here we are. Let's get to some questions and uh, we'll wrap it up with that. Nate, Ooh. what do you think of guys like Vlad? Uh, quick, quick, before I answer that, Target put up a sign in West Dallas that said, to ensure the safety of all guests and team members and the fair distribution of high demand items, all MLB, NBA, NFL, and Pokemon cards, 1999 and above, will only be sold on Fridays at 8 a.m. on a first-come, first-served basis. It's been like that for like a month now. Really? Everywhere. Specifically, one day a week. 
every single target has switched that. You know when you're seeing the lines camping out outside of targets now? I never go to target that early in the morning. I'm, I ain't camping out. Yeah, I'm talking about on like Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Oh, and stuff. yeah, okay. So that's because of that switch because people now, they stock at that given time. So people literally come the night before and put a tent out there. For, How dumb does that sound? Two, two, three boxes of stuff? Yep. These, oh my gosh. Okay, what? I mean, you're lucky enough to get prison basketball. You'd spend your $60 on three blasters and you maybe make a couple hundred, 300. And you spend your last like 10 hours or 14 hours of your time. <laughs> Not worth it. Not nope. worth it. Um, okay, I will answer game day trading. Hey, game day. I have not forgotten about your Instagram DM. I will get back to you on that. Um, Nate, what are you thinking of guys like Vlad? I love it. I love it. You know, going into the season, I've been a big proponent of Vlad. 105 WRC plus and 115 WRC plus. Uh, the last two seasons, people were disappointed about that. Seems absurd to be disappointed by a guy who's better than league average hitter. Now, the one concern was, you know, he hits a ton of ground balls. Um, can he start elevating a little bit more, getting more extra base hits? You're not going to really get many extra base hits on ground balls, right? That was the concern. So far, so good. Um, I, I don't have his ground ball percentage in my head, but that dude is making absolutely blistering contact every time he makes contact. Just hit a ball like 460 feet the other day. Um, has like four home runs on the season. I mean, it has been incredible. And uh, if 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 you w were sad that you didn't get in on Tintis early and you were sad that you didn't get in on uh, Soto or Acuna early, do yourself a favor and get in on Vlad. At least get one like Topps Chrome rookie PSA 10 or get something. There you go. You heard it from the man himself. Best time to buy vintage baseball. I think if you're a vintage baseball fan, whenever, I mean, the market, it can't be that hyped right now compared to everything else. So whenever you feel like you're ready and know the play you want to make, why not buy? I don't think that unless you see stuff run up like 5X and you you know what's going to cool down, then wait. But, I mean, I would I would say that if you're a vintage baseball fan, love collecting the cards. I mean, never a bad time probably. I mean, that stuff lives on forever, honestly. Like the, the those sets meant so much to just, you know, the – American society between the forties and now, or go even further back, you know, like that stuff was coming up through, you know, selling bubble gum and then cards are with it. Like it's just so ingrained. I feel like in American society that if you're a fan of it, collect it and love it. Um, this is interesting. I went to a big card show in Boston yesterday, saw some soccer and it seems like all big soccer cards are going for huge money. Do you think the soccer card market is no longer undervalued? I think the reason why you, uh, felt that way and i think that you're valid in thinking that way is because the people that are showing up to shows are not people that have like stashes of all the soccer players from all the different leagues prospecting prospecting on those players i think you probably went there and you saw ronaldo messi holland mbappe and maybe a couple other guys mixed in there you know like maybe some pele maybe some Lewandowski, maybe some mason mount maybe some of those guys but like all those players' cards are very expensive because they're the top, they're the cream of the crop. You know, like they are the best of the best. And that's what people are collecting, investing in, who don't necessarily read the sport every day, watch the sport every day, or really understand what's going on with the sport. So that's probably why you saw so much overvalued stuff. I think that there are high dollar stuff. I think there's still room in that stuff. You know, those players are only going to build their legacy going forward. Only more people, I believe, are going to want to buy soccer cards, barring some catastrophic super league explosion that happens um and i think that the undervalued segment of the market is cards that actually aren't at the shows because those are the people that aren't paying attention to that stuff yet and you prospect on a guy that then goes to man united you know and plays he, like maybe bruno fernandez like someone brought up bruno fernandez playing alongside marcus rashford amazing greenwood as those players you know get better as they go and man U's now second in the premier league Maybe that's the guy that then gets that demand and starts to show up in those showcases and then is in the high dollar range. So I think that's probably why I think there's so much untouched ground in the soccer card market. And I think there's so much opportunity and we'll see how this whole super league thing shakes out, but you know, don't panic, hold your ground and uh, see what happens. I think. Daniel says the workers take most of the prison blasters. And let me tell you, I can't blame them. <laughs> Nate, you should not be saying that. I mean, I mean, I, I don't work at Target. 
And you would not do that yourself. And I wouldn't do that because <laughs> I know how much people care. But if I'm a worker who doesn't care about cards at all, and all I see is I make $15 an hour if I work at Target because that's minimum, and I can make a quick week's worth of salary off of buying three of these things, I guarantee you most Target workers would do that. See, but now let's say shocking. Is there is there actually a policy in place there? Because obviously you can't ban workers from going and picking up Tide Pods from the shelf, right? Do they act, does Target actually have policy in place that prohibits them from buying stock of sports cards? Which they should. They definitely should have that. But why would? Okay, here's a question for you. Why do they care if it's being bought? They don't care. It's about, it's about integrity. It's about integrity and it's about ethics. Yeah, but why do they care who buys it? It's the same thing on eBay. eBay can't treat sports cards as the same category as something like Kleenex boxes where people can't return those because someone sent them a Kleenex box that's been no, opened. No, no, you no, know, no, like, no, 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 no. I'm talking solely about Target the Corporation. Okay. You, they make you, a lot of money. I don't think they care who buys their cards. If one of their employees wants to buy their cards, they're not going to care. That's fair if Target Corporate doesn't think about that. But as a store and the management of the store and the integrity of the store, they should have a policy against it. I get why Target Corporate wouldn't care because they just want that product to move no matter oh, who you buys only it. Think, you only think they should have a policy against it because you know about cards. I know, right? but so do these stores now. They wouldn't be limiting this stuff to two per person if they didn't know about cards. But again, they're not... Coming from trying to view the corporate side of it, they just want you in the store, right? They don't care if you actually buy any cards. No one's going to the store if there's no cards on the shelf or if there's no opportunity. No, they're still showing up. Dude, if the workers are buying all the prison blasters, no one can buy a prison blaster. If someone knows that, they're not going back to that target. Until they do. <laughs> because people are going to keep showing up no matter what. I know there's never going to be cards at Walmart when I show up. Hey, read, read this comment. What? So read this comment. Yeah. <laughs> I'll read it in case people are watching later. So wait, it's ridiculous for people to camp out, but not ridiculous for the workers to just take the boxes that people are camping out for. <laughs> That's fair point. I'm just saying I can understand it if you're an opportunistic worker to do that, right? I don't really understand sitting outside for 10 hours in the cold waiting to get maybe 40 to $60 worth of product that you can resell for 200 to 300 maybe. Okay, so now there's two different discussions here. One I under you want like you personally you understand why someone would buy it. Now the other side is that do you think that they should be able to buy it? There's two different sides of this. Okay, that's that's a fair point. No. No, okay. I do not think they should be able to, but <laughs> I I I understand why a target is not going to be like, oh, somebody's going to pay for it. I don't care who pays for it. Right. Okay. That's fair. I I can get if you can understand why it might not matter. Yeah. I was not, hoping that I'm, you wouldn't. I'm not saying I'm for it. I'm just saying I understand it and that I understand why target wouldn't be like, oh, your employees can't buy it. I get it, but I also think that there for sure should be a policy in place because by no means do you want to look of something that people are coming camping at your store for to then just not be on the shelves. Like that's why. Like there's definitely an well, ethics. They should have a thing about camping out at the store because that's also ridiculous. It's also I think it's dumb too. Don't worry. I I I think that them switching to like the AM thing and like, before before anybody, I'm not trying to insult anybody here. If you enjoy camping out and you enjoy meeting new people and getting some cards to rip, perfect. It's just not for me. I agree. It's not for me. I, I can't go and spend my time camping on Target to get some. I'd rather pay the upcharge on eBay at that point if I really want a blaster. Um, but we are running over an hour here. Uh, the point is is that I think that Tops or not Tops Target potentially made a mistake through going to that 8 a.m. only thing on Fridays. It's just encouraging the camp out the fight all that stuff you know well now everyone knows when to camp out exactly that's a problem but the other problem is is that with these untimed releases people can never keep the you know the back doors in check so to speak there's so many back doors happening because there's no time these products should be stocked because the the what would happen nate is the vendors would come and stock them the vendors would sell their product back door to other people now they force their employees to stock it 
So two different things. And that's why they switched it. But I don't think it should be the same day every time because then you get the camp outs. Yeah. Um, it should be like Chuck e- to entry to Chuck E. Cheese. You have to have kids with you to buy cards. I actually like that idea. You <laughs> got, I mean, there's no, there's no reason. There's no reason for somebody like me to have to go in. If I'm at a Walmart and I'm buying deodorant or shampoo and I happen to see some cards, sure, I'll buy a pack. Nate. Cards, so it doesn't matter. Um, uh, how, but, how many... How many adults would start paying off kids to come to them at Target with them to get cards? Kids still making money. Perfect. <laughs> Just say, you know, it's it's one of those things where there was so many when I worked at Brewtown, um, there'd be people that would come in and be like, "Oh, should I buy this or this or this?" I'm like, "Look, is it? It's for your grandchild. Just go over to Target or Meyer or Walmart and get them hoops basketball there instead of spending the eighty dollars on a box. Right and now, the box prices are way higher." And um, now you can't do that, right? right? Because because you have people that camp out. And if you're camping out because you want to rip cards with your kids, perfect. If you're camping out because um, you know you want to, I guess I guess it's the camping out part that I'm, I have a problem with. Um, that being said, I don't know. I don't know. It's a hot button topic. It is very hot button. A little production says I work at my target or at my target, which I work at still has our vendor stocking. That's interesting. So maybe it's not a every single place situation there. Last question here. What percent more value of a PSA 10 value is HGA and CSG 9.5? That question was a little confusing, but I think that what Eugene's trying to say is how much lower of a percent is an HGA 9.5 and CSG 9.5 worth compared to PSA 10. It would take research and looking at what, but probably your easiest scenario here is looking at Justin Herbert Prism or Justin Herbert Optic base 9.5 or base PSA 10 and then doing a little math and taking that HGA 9.5 divided by that PSA 10 and then you'll get your answer. But uh, PSA 10 definitely still worth the most. <laughs> oh, not that one. <laughs> this one. Know a guy paying a bum $10 up front and 15 when he gets there in the morning. I can't. I assume it's I can't compete with that. <laughs> there you go. Where if everyone were to pay a homeless guy money to save their spot in line, I'd be for it because we'd be making people money. <laughs> crazy, crazy stuff. All right, that's that's it. That's time to wrap up and shut down this live stream. Uh, thank you, everyone, for watching today. It's kind of a definitely a different live stream than normal. We had Oren on a guest, which was very fun. Oren, thanks for joining. And it's a kind of a mixed mosh of topics that went through between the baseball, the, the football, the a lot of soccer, camping, all that stuff. Football, Nate, come on. <laughs> Football. And look at this. I support a club that is not in the Super League. Just kidding. I love Chelsea too. So I'm, I'm kind of on both, both ends of the spectrum here. But also I'm not a, a, a kid that grew up cheering on a club that then gets it ripped away from them in a Premier League. So I, I can't relate with people on that, but I do feel for those people. So I hope that – I hope you can still enjoy football, enjoy soccer if uh, the Super League thing does pan out. And I think the market will be fine. Um, definitely maybe a little bit short-term uncertainty like COVID with basketball, but I think as this really progresses and people figure it out, and I hope that FIFA and Super League figure it out, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. And on my end, I'm all about the Super League because I like the anarchy. <laughs> and Nate doesn't care about soccer or football. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> all right, everyone, have a great rest of your night. Uh, be back next week, Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Tomorrow breaks at, at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Check out slapstocks.com slash shop to get in the couple last breaks and then slapstocks.com slash slapstocks or slapstocks pro tab on the website to see and pre-register for our analytics platform coming out in the uh, following near future. So thank you everyone for watching and we'll see you all in the next live stream.